Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. This is Ryan Delacross. I'm here with Ryan Shield and Father Rich Pagano. Hey, guys. What's happening? What's up, players? Hey, player, player. 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 Yeah, we're in Cast Media Studios in Hollywood. Uh, our media partner, really beautiful day here in L.A. It might look like the same background of every Mother never changes here. Yeah, it's great. It's we're the in the same. land of LeBron James here. Have you LeBron. seen how? Have you seen how many advertisements uh, around town? That hurts yeah. me so oh, hard. Oh, especially you. I'm from Cleveland, and that used to be the land. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's a good segue into the title of this episode. What are we doing today? Sports. Sports. This is the sports episode <laughs> of the Catholic Talk Show. That's it. That's right. So before we get before we get started on sports. <laughs> What are you putting my microphone for? You're not. You got to move right your there. mouth. You need to, to love it. the mic. Two to four inches. You guys are eating it like it's Make a out cannoli. with your mic. Yeah, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the microphone police. Yeah, I know. And you just. And you suck at I'm, it. I just gave you a warning. So I no. just gave you a warning. All right. You a yellow card? <laughs> a yellow card. So, no. Uh, before we get started with today's episode, I want to make sure that everyone goes to um, catholictalkshow.com. You can subscribe to us there. Leave um uh, you can, if you like uh, Stitcher or CastBox or iTunes or whatever platform you prefer to listen to, you could subscribe to us there. When you do, make sure that you're leaving reviews for our show. It really helps us to, uh, you know, have more people listen to us and get involved with what we're doing. So we really appreciate it. And if you don't, uh, Ryan's going to come to your house. With a baseball bat. And yell at you about microphone placement. <laughs> it's super irritating. and You don't want it. So just subscribe. It's so much easier than having to hear him. Trust me. <laughs> It takes like 30 seconds. This will take hours. <laughs> and we have to listen to them all day. I know. You don't want that. Just no, just you subscribe. really don't. Just For all you, you guys watching on YouTube, I get my Cardinal shirt on. Right. That's available on our... Oh, dude, your Cardinals have Berettas on them. Yeah, and it's not a... And exposure. Yeah, Catholic yeah. Cardinal thing. I'm not what? a St. Louis Cardinal fan. Yeah. Dude, I That's want good. one of those. That's pretty cool. Well, you can yeah. go to ucatholic.com uh, and they're available on our store. I'm going to go yeah. on right now. You got to pay. I know, a, I know a guy, though, who can maybe get you, hook you up with one. Yeah. Really? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's called I mean, your credit card. You get nothing. <laughs> you get nothing, Padre. The guy's name is your credit card. Hey, yeah. what size? Is, what size shirt is that? I don't know. Schmedium. It's my first time wearing it. Schmodium. Sports. <laughs> All right, Coach, put us in. Let's talk about sports. What are we doing? Like, yeah, I guess so. Sports is a, is a part of all of our lives growing up, right? Absolutely. Um, it was definitely a part of mine, and it was a part of my conversion too, as well. Mine as well. Yeah. Basketball for me. Yeah. Baseball for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think sports was a part of my deconversion before my reversion. <laughs> you have some troubled past sports. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I, I love sports. I That's all I did growing up. I baseball, football, basketball, everything. Then high school rolls around and I'm playing sports and then my hair starts getting long and I start playing guitar and finding all kinds of other things. And you grew out a beard at ninth grade? No, really? No, I couldn't I couldn't grow a beard in ninth grade. You would have. No, it's a terrible little mustache. <laughs> but then my hair got long and the coach is like, dude, you got to cut your hair. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. So that, that was the end of my career and I really loved it. But well, so your coach was making you cut your hair? Yeah. For what sport was that? Baseball. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm in a band. I can't do that. <laughs> so, so at that moment, I chose my childhood love of sports to let it go and follow you know, rock and roll. That was part nice. of your conversion story. Yeah. Well, the rock and roll band. Yeah. On all the nefarious things I did during that time. There you go. Yeah. What about you guys? I know you guys both have awesome sports conversion stories. Yeah. My, mine is, you know, I was, uh, you know, for those of you guys who don't know, Delacrosse is, 
He was a good baseball player. You were actually, you were offered a contract by an MLB team, weren't you? Yeah. I remember the phone call and I remember what I was doing at the time. And I was just like, man, I got to make $800 a month over here in minor leagues or. What team? um, Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. Dodger blue. Yeah. I met Tommy Lasorda. Played with A-Rod in high school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Was he juicing then? Um. I, I I suppose I, I you know I don't know. Tommy Tommy Lasorda is Catholic. Yeah, he has a great quote. He's like, I've been a Catholic all my life, and one thing I've never understood is why the Corinthians didn't write back. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> that's is funny. Good. That's very. And good. his um his his godson was Mike Piazza. Yep. Yeah, and he and Mike was, Piazza was just a really very active uh, member of his faith community. Yeah, yeah. very spoke. You know, he, he spoke very well and eloquently about the faith. And I think if um, I might not be correct, but I'm pretty sure that um, that he was drafted in like the 59th round as, as a favor. As a favor, not a favor, but like, hey, you know, you play baseball. Hey, let's give him a shot. Um, Tommy Lasorda, and I can do things like that. I'm oh, Tommy yeah, Lasorda. I, I can that. draft. Scrubs. And he turned into a, a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. That's his godson. You know, before yeah. we get into your stories, I wanted to let everyone know kind of some of the things that we're going to bring up in this episode so you can, you know, anticipate it. So we're going to talk not, about— Not hit stop when you when we start saying yeah. the story. <laughs> They're like, oh, these That's guys. Boring. You're lame. You weren't yeah, that good. Totally heard this story <laughs> over and over again. So we're going to talk about um, the Hail Mary play. It's probably the most famous play or by name in all of sports. And yep. the origin of that and its Catholic origins. We're also going to talk about, I think, the greatest baseball player of all time. The Babe. The Babe. Bambino. And why the Catholic Church um, basically made Babe Ruth a baseball player that we wouldn't, he wouldn't have been a, a baller without us. Yeah. And then we're also going to talk about the uh, Pro Bowl quarterback who's actually descended from a Catholic saint. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah, that is. A couple other things, too, that we bring up. But, okay. But why don't we, why don't we hear you your wanna, story? You don't want to tell people about that. Not gonna, yet. It'll come up in the course of natural conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my story is not that great. I was, yeah, I, you know, I had oh. I had the, the opportunity and um, was immersed in, in the drug culture and, and selling selling drugs and trying to, trying to make it there. And I failed. Failed miserably. Um, <laughs> so you you, t- you turned down the contract because you were yeah. living a decrepit life yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah, as part of my thing, you know. But do you regret yeah, that? But it, it eventually. Oh no, not at all. No, no. Without that, I wouldn't have been propelled into darkness where I could actually open myself up to to God. So yeah, yeah. Baseball, football. I was a two sport all state. Um, Guy in uh, high school in Florida, baseball and football. Um, got a bunch of college scholarships and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, enjoyed got, it. I still how, enjoy basketball. How long after you, when you, you know, kind of declined the contract or di- didn't even uh, pursue it yeah. to <laughs> you coming to the faith? Oh, 98, 2002. Four years. Yeah. That's how long it took for my business to fail. Wow. And yeah, you hard to you'd have been what single A ball by then? I would have probably been let go. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. But it, it, it's you know what's kind of cool is like <clears throat> playing on a high competitive le- level. Um, you know, playing on a pre-Olympic team, um, you know, playing co- division one college football, Miami, we were playing against Miami, Florida State, Florida. We were one game away from the college world series my freshman year. 
Um, so I get to I get to play against and with a lot of uh, guys who eventually became pro baseball players and a lot of friends of mine uh, who became pro baseball players. So that was pretty cool, you know, just kind of talking to them as a friend, like finding out, you know, what that life was kind of like. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, Juan Padilla, who I, I beat out at shortstop in college he became a pitcher because I beat him out at shortstop and he actually was drafted as a pitcher and pitched for the Yankees and the Mets. He had a very he's, good career. He was a good pitcher. Excellent. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's my story. Um, you know, without going into the conversion side, it's kind of sticking with the sports side, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's talk about baseball, man. Baseball, I think is the most Catholic mm. sport. Mm. I, th I think mm. of all, of all sports, baseball is the one that has the closest parallels to Catholicism. It's, it's traditional. It's arcane. There's all kinds of statistics. There's rules that don't make sense unless you follow it. I don't know. Ball in a basket. You know, for basketball, you, you pass the basket at every mass. On Sunday, <laughs> you know? so, and you put it in the basket. That's how you win. So, I mean. You hear that, parishioners? Of you better tie. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball is an analogy. So very Catholic, yeah. If you want the victory, if you want the W, put some money in the basket. He shoots. He scores. He scores. Hey. <laughs> so Babe Ruth. Yeah. Great I mean, story. Delinquent The youth. great Bambino. Yeah. yeah. 714 yeah. home runs. I mean, 60 home runs in 1927 or 29. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are records that stood forever. I mean, he... He was, I mean, just the most celebrated baseball player of all time. He's the salt of the swat, man, the Bambino. Um, no PEDs. No PEDs. No performance-enhancing oh, drugs. No, just, just hot dogs just and beers. Booze and, and hot dogs. Yeah, he really ate terribly Yeah, before, after, and during the game. So when <laughs> He's I was not a, known for his physique. <laughs> no. When I was a kid, I read kind of a kid's book about Babe Ruth that um, one day he wasn't allowed to play because his manager said, you ate too many hot dogs the night before. And you're in bad shape today, so you're not able to play for the next week. And there's a kid's book. is the story of Babe Ruth, is you know illustrated. And then I got older, and I read the real story. Is because he was out taking amphetamines and drinking. It wasn't hot dogs. And hot dogs was like a hot dogs was kids speak for you know booze and drugs. Kids speak. And when I, I was like, ah, it wasn't hot dogs. Yeah, but. Babe, so he was from Baltimore, right? He was. Yeah, and he he he, he did. His parents like couldn't handle him. Well, his parents like his parents owned a saloon. Right? Okay. They owned a bar, and he was immersed in bar culture. And he was just a terrible kid. He was a delinquent. He was drinking, fighting, swearing, you know, doing all kinds of terrible things. And his parents were finally like, "Look, George Herman, you're out. We can't deal with you." And they sent them to live in a Catholic reform school. Hmm. Where was that? Baltimore. It was St. Mary's Industrial School in Baltimore. He gotcha. was he was sent there as a Catholic reform school, and that's where he learned how to play baseball. Right? That's right. So there, there it was the Xavian brothers, um, and they ran this school for delinquent Catholic youth in Baltimore, and they had to find constructive things for them to do. And there was a one brother there. He was a six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound Xavian brother named Brother Matthias. This was. What I mean, a perfect name for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's Brother Matthias. Here he's got boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Just like walking down the hallways of the convent, the monastery. The convent. <laughs> wow. You need some <laughs> coffee. Sorry. But, you know. So early. He, you know, Brother Matthias took Babe Ruth under his, under his wing and under his protection and really, um, he taught him how to play baseball. He, he helped him get his life together. He, um, 
he he was his teacher. He taught him how to read. He taught him how to write. He and he taught him how to play baseball, swing, and throw, and everything. And Babe Ruth said that Brother Matthias was the greatest man he ever met in his entire life, and he owed everything to him. It's probably the only other guy that could kick his butt too. Six six two <laughs> yeah. six six two fifty. Yeah. Intimidating. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. So did they have a baseball team at that school? They or? did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, he was actually signed to the Red Sox originally from there. and From he, that school. Yeah. Wow. What a talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he, he, he to, to the day he died, every year he would send Brother Matthias money and he would support, uh, you know, Catholic missions. You know, he was the highest paid athlete by a lot at the time. Yeah, by a lot. I mean, he in 1927 he was making 185 thousand dollars a year, which was like insane. Wait, what? By 1927, he was making 185 thousand dollars a year what? in the 20s, and they're That's like an enormous amount of money. And for think back about then. the time frame. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Run a Google on that and find out what that. That was during that the is. depression. Yeah, wow. and they're like, and they they asked him about that contract when they signed it, and they're like. This is right after the depression hit. They're like, babe, you're making 185000 a year. That's more than the president. He's like, well, I had a better year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Every year, Babe Ruth bought Brother Matthias a new Cadillac every single year uh, as gratitude. And he would come back to the, to St. Mary's. He would hang out with the kids. And, I, 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 you know, if you look at all the stories of Babe Ruth, he was kind of a delinquent, an amazing baseball player, but he always made time for kids. He was really great at that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes from that, you know, growing up in that environment where, you know, someone took a chance on himself. Knowing the value of a role model, mm-hmm. you know, and, and making a sacrifice to be one for another. Yes. So, you know, Padre, when you're, when you're playing ping pong with your kids, man, one of these might be the Babe Ruth of ping pong. Oh, man, that's awesome. I've always had hope in you, Delacrosse, whenever I played ping pong with you, and you've materialized to be nothing. I'm your mentor. <laughs> we have a I'm your mentor in <laughs> guess, ping pong. Guess, so 185,000. No, I destroyed I you, dude. No, you did Oh, bro. Think about San Diego when I destroyed you at, at Tim's house, at the Panic's house. Happened. I don't remember. Yeah, All right, exactly. I, here's, here's what we'll do. After this, in in the comments below, I'm going to post. We have a ping pong table right out there. Oh, it's yeah. on. It's right out there, and I'm we're going to do a two eleven match, and I'm going to record it, and everyone's going to be able to see who is the ultimate champion. That sounds pong. perfect. Good Deal. game on. So the winner of that game is going to get what is equivalent to one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars in the 1930s that Babe Ruth got, which is $2.6 million. Wow. That's a bargain. How about mm-hmm. we dial that back to like the 1700s? With the 1700s? And, and then we'll just bet like 20 bucks. <laughs> 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 this mentor that he had mm-hmm. um, really had a big impact on his life. Yeah. You know? Um, we're here in Los Angeles and just down the freeway, there's a, there's a baseball team. Yeah. San Diego Padres. You represent, know, right? I have a great, I have a great picture on my Instagram feed at Father Pagano with the Padre at the baseball yeah. field. Padre I've got my clerks Padre. on. I've got a margarita in hand, and yeah. we took a picture together. They're, the people in the that were downstairs because I, I was invited to go into their club section and stuff and see the baseball players warm up before cool. the game and stuff. It was a really cool experience. And I took a picture with the Padre, and everybody was like applauding and laughing and stuff like that. It was cool. <laughs> That's such a great mascot. Yeah, I I mean, people forget about it, but the San Diego Padres are named after the Franciscan missionary priests who founded the city and founded Southern California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they've got... Very cool. What's the the official name of the mascot? The 
Uh, f- something fry. It's a fryer. Yeah, it's fryer. Fighting fryer tuck. Fryer. No. <laughs> fryer tuck. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't tell Uncle me his Bay. name. He was. I tried to talk to him. He, he was, was in character. Silent. Yeah, he was in character. <laughs> he was in character. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, that place is littered with Franciscan, you know, streets and you know, well, all California is. Oh yeah. yeah, Los Angeles, San Diego, El San Camino Francisco. Real, man. Twenty-one mission churches. Saint Junipero started blazing that trail, and his first parish was right there in San Diego. And Mission San, San Diego. Diego. San Diego. What does San Diego mean? <laughs> oh, man. I think there was Don't a movie that explained that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whale's uh, Wisdom well, Tooth? Isn't yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goodness me, oh. So um, that would, that's strike one, boys. That's strike one. Really? Yeah, if we get three strikes, we got to shut this episode down. <laughs> yeah. That's strike route. one. Yeah, we need to invite a, a, a lovely lady in here to kind of keep us in check every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. So you know, I think there's there's three teams that are really um, you know there's the Cardinals, right? We got we got the Cardinals. I am. We got the Angels. We got the Padres. Man, those are those are three good Catholic names for teams. And the guy that you played with, David Eckstein, is one of the few players who played for the Padres, the Angels, and the Cardinals. Wow, that's a Catholic career, man. That is and a he's Catholic. a Catholic wow. too. He is. He's a big time Catholic. And he was a Gator too, but I don't see the connection. But that's where we played together. We played against him at, at Florida, and uh, he was a excellent. He walked on there. He walked on. He it. walked on. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Amazing guy. Amazing guy. Because UF has a great program. Yeah, and he's 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 one of those small guys, you know, yeah. like Altuve or you know whatever. How tall was he? Really five, five, six, five, seven, five, eight, five, eight, five, seven. He was the first winner of the Heart and Hustle Award for the Major League Baseball. Yeah, a two two time All Star, uh, World Series MVP. Yeah, good career. They actually, there's actually a movie out, a documentary about him. I believe Mike Sweeney, a couple other guys, Faith in Baseball or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was on a DVD about ten years ago when he was playing. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. You know, you talk about their faith. I remember watching one with Mike Piazza. That's the same it, one. It, it oh, it's the same been, one. Yeah, it might have been him too. Okay. I can't I remember think, who else. I is think there. it's called Champions of Faith. That's Champions it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, Champions it. of Faith. Yeah. I, you know, if you still have a DVD player out there, listeners, you know, <laughs> if you think about, we're not making fun of you, but just saying, you know, you could, might be able to get it, you know? Yeah, but playing for those three teams, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is a cool career. Yeah. That's really Especially cool. the fact that he was Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Let's shift sports now. Let's go over to the gridiron. Let's talk football. I'm looking. I'm, I, I want to hear the Hail Mary story. I, just, right. I don't know the story. No. Yeah, I don't know the story either. The Hail Mary is, I, I think, probably the most iconic single play. Yeah. I mean, besides a home run or a slam dunk or whatever. Grand slam. Right, grand slam. It's the most iconic named play outside of a core play within a sport yep. is the Hail Mary. Now, where do you think that the Hail Mary starts? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Where else, right? That, that's Everything. Where, that's where like football I, kind of started. But I was going to say Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord, I mean, that's probably the priestly response. Yeah. Where does the Hail Mary start? With those words. Okay, yeah, but we're talking about sports. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Notre Dame, that's awesome. Notre Dame, back in 1924, the Four Horsemen. You know the wow, four- yeah, LaGrange. Yeah, so there was, um, the Four Horsemen were uh, Crowler, Layden, Miller, uh, Stoll, the Lord, I don't know how to pronounce it. That's good. It's perfect yeah, pronunciation. You're so good, good at that. I, yeah. Linguistics, man. That's what You're happens. good at it. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Larry. And it's that it's the play that 
you know, all all uh, the receivers just run in straight pattern out to the yeah, end it's, zone. It's got to be like they, 50 yards yeah, away. Yeah. It's just a hopeful, hey, heave it up game. There. Let's hope that, you know, they catch it. Hail Mary. Yeah. So this happened in Notre Dame. And, and what was the call? Who called it? So they were, um, there was a close game. The, uh, Notre Dame was playing uh, Georgia Tech. Hmm. And what they were doing is before each scoring play, they would say a Hail Mary. So they'd be in the huddle and they'd say a Hail Mary. So then afterwards, they're like, yeah, you guys had played a great game. They're like, what were you doing out there? And he's like, well, our Hail Mary plays were the ones that won us the game. And they would say a Hail Mary in the huddle. They'd go out and they would score. It just have, kept on happening, right? That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not the play of the that's Hail not Mary the play. play. So that it's, that it's, kind of became a tradition. It's the origina- yeah, it's we're the precedence of saying a prayer. Oh, when we said the prayer, right? So then, you in know. 1935, again, it was at the time called the game of the century is Notre Dame versus Ohio State, and um, they did a sweep. Uh, halfback Bill Shakespeare found Wayne Milner for a 19 yard winning game, touch, a 19 yard game winning touchdown. And they called it, in other words, one of their Hail Mary plays. Right. right? They'd say a Hail Mary before. It's Notre yeah. Dame, right? Um, so, you know, there's kind of a history of that. But where it really kicks off is what is called, I think, you know, at least by sports historian, as the first recognized Hail Mary play was uh, thrown by Roger Staubach, who is a... So it was brought back after from 1935... Brought back, and then they, was, I mean, there has to be Notre, something in between. Notre Dame players would always, you know, it was this is one of our Hail there. Mary plays. Right, it's yeah, tradition. tradition never breaks with them. Right. I mean, they would, just for them to change their stadium, I remembered, to have a night, I was at their first night game, in, like five years, six years ago, oh, cool. something like that. Mm-hmm. It was USC, Notre Dame, and I'm walking in, I'm like, this is this is not a normal stadium. Like, the, the, the scoreboard looks like a high school scoreboard, you know? I mean, they just didn't, I mean, I don't know if they've changed it since then, but they're very you know, strict, not strict, but they're very traditional in a, in a sense where the historical context of the team is not met with the signs of the times and the big scoreboards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it still remains. So then after Notre Dame, the story, you know, the, the term Hail Mary play, it, was, it, it showed up in news articles every now and again. So in, 19, in the Orange Bowl, 1941, it was Georgetown versus Mississippi State in the Orange Bowl. Hmm. And um, they won. And then it said, uh, Hoyas put faith in Hail Mary Pass, and that, and they explain a Hail Mary Pass in the talk of the Washington Eleven is one that is thrown with a prayer because the odds against completion are big. There you go. Yeah, that's a hopeful, uh, yeah. hopeful yeah. response. But the, but the one that really cemented the we term, should start telling teams like you got to pray a Hail Mary now. You can't just like throw one. You bring the pray. Hail Mary back to Notre Dame. Yeah, we got to get it back to where it yeah, was. Get it in the huddle. Yeah. So, but the play that really cemented the term and really became where it's a common use, the Hail Mary, was uh, 1975 Cowboys versus the Vikings in the playoffs. Yeah. And the um, Cowboys were down with 32 seconds left at the 50-yard line. And uh, Staubach threw a pass to Preston Pearson, and they won the game. Mm-hmm. They, the 50-yard touchdown pass. And then um, after the game in an interview, they said, Staubach, what happened here? You know, how did this go? And he said... Um, you know, he's a very devout Catholic and a super successful guy. He's actually a really dynamic, interesting dude. But he's just said, look, I just, I closed my eyes, said a Hail Mary and just threw it in the air. And that was it. And then yeah. after that, everyone's like, Cowboys win on a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just really took off. It stuck. And, and it yeah. stuck. Yeah, it's our lady. There but Staubach was a, a big Catholic and he did. He just said, Hail Mary. Yeah. Launch, you know. 
That's awesome. That's a great story. And Staubach's a, a Hall of Famer, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah that could be like a book. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> that really like could the history be, yeah. of the Hail the Mary. Hail if, you, if you go to you Catholic and you search for, you know, Hail Mary player, or you type in football, you'll find it. There's a documentary on there, um, A Football Life of Roger Staubach, uh, where he talks about the whole circumstances around his Catholicism and the Hail Mary play. It's a really great documentary. Oh, that's cool. oh, very cool. Check that yeah, out. Check that out, man. Yeah. Here's so a, I'm kind of I'm I'm sitting over here as a basketball player yeah. thinking, dude, what about hoops? What about me? What about me, man? I, you know, I, I loved basketball from the time I was six years old in my grandfather's, you know, you know, uh, basement. And he had a full size backboard with, you know, uh, a hoop with a real ball. And I would just sit there for hours in the little just kid. Yeah, as a little kid just shooting. And then it turned into just dribbling in the driveway uh, and my whole life and just being outdoors like you guys. Everything was sports. So from basketball to baseball to football and in the street and anything that we could play outside, outdoors, we did. Water polo. Water polo. Yeah. No, never did that. That looks like fun, though. I think I would have enjoyed yeah. water polo. That's not fun. Treading no. water for an hour? Eh, that's worse than soccer. <laughs> yeah. That's running for an hour. <laughs> So, you know, when I was growing up, I watched, you know, like the NBA Cares thing. Yeah. And I was really touched by that. And I remember in eighth grade, I was asked by my teacher, what do you want to do when you get older? I'm like, oh, I want to be an NBA basketball player. And I want to care. And I want to get, but the whole reason I wanted to is it was just pretty strange because I never thought of priesthood ever in my life. And the whole reason was because I wanted to really touch somebody's life when they were down and out, like can yeah. kids with cancer or, you know, go visit the hospitals or go visit, you know, underprivileged kids. And, and, um, I was always moved by NBA cares motives. And that was one of the principal reasons why I wanted, wanted to be, uh, in that line of, of work. Those sharp marketing executives got you. Oh, they totally got me. And they're still getting me. I, I still watch those NBA cares segments and I'm like, <laughs> It's, it's handkerchief, <laughs> patron saint of handkerchiefs. You're God such bless a you. Mush pot. I'm such a <laughs> rich is a mush pot. Mush pot. What am I gonna Jeez. do? You know, for me though, like Ryan was sharing before, you know, the the Felix culpa of my life, and um, you know, the fortunate fault was two knee surgeries and and an end of the hopes of playing college ball in New Jersey. You know, coming back to Florida after my second knee surgery, where you know the doors literally closed on me going back for the next season, strong and prepared and ready for ready to play. And that was when I opened up the scriptures because I expressed to Jesus, Lord, I'm, I'm doing everything wrong. I need your help. And there was a Bible on my kitchen counter the next morning and I picked it up and I read and it changed my life forever. And wow. I'm just so grateful, you know, because at that time, my whole life was just, you know, exercise, sports, and, and partying, and, and living the college life. And my life was enriched overnight because I realized how much God had a plan for me, and I didn't have to come up with the plan. Yeah. I just had to follow him. What position did you play? I was, uh, I was a shooting guard in high school, and then in the college, I was more of a point guard. Yeah. Wow. Did you have any good handles? Yeah. I mean, I, I modeled myself after Allen Iverson, who was my— Favorite man, player. That guy could that, play oh, basketball. When he man. when he crossed oh, up dude, Jordan. Gosh. Holy. 
That guy. Everybody in the world became a fan yeah. of Allen Iverson. Iverson, Georgetown, Catholic, yeah. Catholic, Catholic University. Yeah. yeah, that guy could play some basketball. And he had he had an amazing life, man. And and you know so many different challenges that he faced. And you know I look at him as as a, a civil rights representative of yeah. the African American community. Yeah, and he was ostracized for so many different reasons you know, because of his corn rolls or his bad boy behavior or his That's tattoos terrible. or whatever. But yeah. people wouldn't look past the he, exterior. He, that guy's heart yeah. is unbelievable. They, they yeah. called him, they called him that code word. They called him a, a thug. A thug. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that's a, that's a code word for too black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't fit, you know, the cookie cutter mentality of what. And, yeah, he had tattoos. Yeah. And he was, you know what Kobe Bryant said? What's that? He was asked by a, a, a guy, a journalist on a television show, who's, a, who's the, har the hardest player you've ever guarded? And he thought about it for like a good 15 seconds. And, and then he said, Allen Iverson is the hardest guy to guard. That's pretty, pretty special. And actually leads to... Yeah, Kobe Bryant. He's actually, a, he's, a, he's a Catholic. Right, but yeah, I mean, he was, he what, served at the Vatican? Vatican, yeah. He's, yeah, he was an ultra server at the Vatican. That's yeah. How, how did that happen? He, he's like his dad was his dad was a athlete and and a basketball player and played overseas. Gotcha. He was in Italy. Wow. You know, yeah. And Kobe, I don't know if that's hearsay, but I mean, I've heard Kobe that for was many, many years. He was born in Italy. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Oh, okay. And his parents are Catholic. Mm -hmm. Kobe's Catholic. When he went through that, uh, um, he went through a hard time with those accusations around rape and things like that. Yeah. And he really he in interviews he credits his Catholic faith. For saving his marriage and really saving his, you know, getting him through those times. Mm -hmm. So Kobe Bryant, you know, I mean, I hear I, I hear people tell like, yeah, we see Kobe in mass all the time. He was the he cool. was the black mamba on the court, but the guy's a family man. Yeah, and he's a man of good. faith, and he's a good guy, man. And I I actually Father I, Rich I was called he was called the white mamba, <laughs> <laughs> the Italian mamba. Kobe was a killer, man. And and the fact you know we're in L.A. right now, and I've. I've grown in my love for the Lakers because of Kobe and the end of his career. Yeah. But I'm a New York Knicks fan. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm an East Coast guy. So I never had a lot of love for the Lakers. And now with LeBron coming from Cleveland out here, now I've already I've become a hater again. So yeah. it's this is perfect. So oh, I'm so really hopeful that the Boston Celtics are gonna put something together this year. No, I'm a I'm a LeBron guy and like I, I understood why he left Cleveland because the cast around him sucked. And he, <laughs> it's a smart move. He's still a Cleveland guy. But go play for the Lakers. That's fine. It's cool. You earned that, you know. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I watched some of the preseason games with the Lakers, um, with LeBron now, and the pace of play and the fact that they have range from the outside and multiple weapons, they are going to be a, a beast of a force in the Western Conference. Wait till year. next year when they get that cap space and those free agents. LeBron, he wait until the Knicks do that next right. year. No one wants to go to the Knicks. Oh yes. So, so this is this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talking All about all right? Y'all yes. like the uh, Corral Hill or whatever the guy's <laughs> name is, and the Stephen A. Jones over here <laughs> screaming, screaming. Stephen, I'm about to start screaming uh, over here. Talking. You know what I think? <laughs> no, LeBron actually, he went to a really big Catholic uh, high school. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saint Vincent, Saint Mary. Cool. That's when I was a fan. Yeah. So a descendant of a saint, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, descended from a Catholic saint. Whoa. Who is that? So, and this is a saint that we know pretty well, St. Arnoff. Arnoff. Patron saint of beer. Really? Yeah. That's oh. cool. Right? 
So have you ever seen the show? Um, there's that historian, Henry Louis Gates. Um, he's a Harvard historian and he takes celebrities and he does research on their background. Like mm. really cool shows. I, I mean, wow. he's really smart. Uh, professor of history at uh, Harvard, and he'll he'll like I saw one where he did one with um, Questlove, uh, the guy who plays uh, mm -hmm. you know the Tonight Show or whatever, and he found like he Questlove from the was, roots right from the roots. Yeah. And Questlove his ancestors were actually brought to America on the last slave ship ever to come into the country. Oh man, I've got to watch that. Yeah, episode. it was so fascinating. Um, but this this historian did the same thing with. Um, with Russell Wilson, and he was able to trace him back to St. Arnolf of Metz, the patron saint of beer. That was one of his uh, when did great, he live? Sixteen forties. How does he uh, track him back that far? DNA or no? Because like... I mean, well, if you go to Europe, they have especially with a bishop. You you have baptismal records and you have death records and mm -hmm. you have records of marriages. And you know this guy's just an outstanding historian. He was able to go back and track those records all the way back. Wow. That's fabulous. Could you imagine being in the line of a saint? That's, That's such a cool, cool, cool thing. Mm -hmm. A good intercessor, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a good it's reason to have line. a beer. <laughs> Cheers. I wonder if he, you know, if he drinks. Oh, probably. Russell Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, right. his body's, you know, probably. It's a machine, dude. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He's very good. He's good. And he's poised, too. My, he's my question. Quarterback. My question is, did, did did he find out? Like, was it on the show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that's uh, how we found out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't know. They found yeah. out. They're like, yeah, so dude, you're actually descended from a Catholic, the Catholic patron saint of beer. And what was his reaction? <laughs> I didn't see the actual segment. I just, uh, I read about it. I want to wow, go check that out. Yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah, pretty awesome. You know, uh, do you know who the patron saint of athletes is? St. Sebastian? St. Sebastian. Why is that? Well, how he was martyred. He was shot with like... 50 arrows. They tied him to a tree and they shot him with like 50 arrows and they're like, okay, dude's dead. Let's leave. And he had the stamina endurance. He cut off, uh, he got the ropes were freed and he ran wow. with 50 arrows in him back to his village um, to be able to, you know, let everyone know that he, you know, had went through this. I mean, he ultimately died, but he, sure. you know. He got to be with his community. Mm -hmm. That's cool. He was a warrior, dude. That guy was yeah, beast mode. Could yeah. you imagine getting shot with that many arrows and just still having that endurance and that fire? Crazy God. Yeah, man. Awesome. Alone. Alone. I got, dude, if I got shot by one arrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I stubbed my toe last night and I was yeah. bitching and moaning about it. Yeah. <laughs> my pinky toe. My neck and my back and my toe. <laughs> cool. Well, um, does your Inquisition question have anything to do with sports? does oh my gosh you nailed it there i, I like do. it good job all right good job man you ready for this yeah. inquisition i love sports not a big fan of the inquisition because i'm always on the chopping block but you've done well a few now, times this, now, this come is a, on this is a variation of a very common uh philosophical and theological question mm -hmm. could jesus throw a curveball so nasty that he himself couldn't hit it <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like, I like it. I like that question. I like that question. Wow. So nasty. The conundrum. This is a major conundrum here. Because he would put this supernatural, like. I mean, this thing's spin. breaking like 86 feet. But he's a supernatural hitter. Oh, right. He would, he would make, he would make contact. He, but. But then that diminishes the perfection that he carries in himself as a pitcher. No, because it is the exitus at reditus. 
Ooh, what's that? Yeah. He's dropping so, Latin on you, bro. So <laughs> what proceeds from the Father returns to the Father. So from all eternity, God pours himself in creation and manifests himself in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, in an act of redemption, returns the love to the Father. Well, no, no, this it's is Trinitarian. Not, it's so Trinitarian basically theology. what you're saying. So, and, it, and so, yeah, so exactly. So, he hits it back right at correct. Jesus and he takes his hat off. So, yeah, but, then, but no, but then you're minimizing the fact that Jesus carries within him all perfections of throwing a curveball. Yeah, but per, he he throws the perfect curveball, right? But makes perfect well, the, contact. See, but a, the Ooh, perfect but the perfect curveball. I like this. Right? No, but the perfect curveball would not be hittable cuz then why is it, that? Because by nature its intention is to not be hit. So its perfection would be to not be hit. So if it was hit, it would be less than perfect. That's like ontological. But Everything else and every batter in the history of the world could never hit this curveball. Right. But the one who can hit it is the one who is truly like depositing this amazing curveball of perfection into an amazing so then you're saying response. So you're saying Jesus is a, he carry but then he carries more perfection in him as a hitter no, than he no, does as a pitcher. It is perfection as pitcher and hitter. Yeah, but perfection as a pitcher would not allow a ball, allow a ball to be hit. But it, it would never be hit by any other person. That's right. But Jesus could hit anything. Jesus can throw a pitch that no one can hit, and he can also hit at any pitch that anyone could throw. Yes. But if he is the pitcher and the hitter, he would pitch and hit in perfection. But the pitch, if it's gotten hit, is not perfection. You're, you're stopping at one perfect player, right. but there's two. There's two Jesuses. No, there's Other not two Jesus. Jesus. Heresy. Heresy. <laughs> 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 Arianism. Other Jesus. Because you just put another Jesus in there. So this whole question is heretical. So Jesus is throwing, Jesus is hitting. Well, Jesus is omnipresent, so he's in the batter's box and on the mound. Then it's like his love. It returns back to him. Yeah, man. It uh, is the love shared between the Father and the Son. And in the person of Jesus where all things are made complete, he completes that circle he gives within himself. himself. He I don't like your answer. Yeah, to the spin I, rate. I, I, I object to your you answer. You know what? If you are supportive of my answer to Ryan Shield, I need you to support me in the comment section See? and agree with me. If you agree with Shield, we're going to do a little tally and, and, and figure out if I did pass this inquisition or not. But I, I do think as a perfect manifestation of the father, the creator, you know, the one who, who ushered in, you know, all of creation is going to be that same reality of the Trinitarian procession within God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit throwing up within the words. person of Jesus Christ. So he is going to be a perfect manifestation of a pitch that is a curveball that is perfectly executed. But at the same time, he could hit that same pitch of perfection. Yeah, but if you look at with Anselm, the same exact perfection. But if you look at but Anselm, it does not limit the pitch, and it doesn't limit the hit. It hey does. Guys, I hate to cut you short, but I've got a ping pong game to play. Oh, uh, and go down. No, no, oh, yeah, we dude. do need a wager. We'll wager off offline. <laughs> Maybe a bob. We'll put a bobblehead out there. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. JP two for your. I raise you a Pope Benedict and a Francis. Oh, yeah. I'm down with that, man. I'm going to throw in a little flower. <laughs> All right, guys. 
<laughs> I think I think the whistle just blew, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Game <laughs> over. You guys are about, to, guys are about to jump across the table and uh, Dude, duke it out. Even though Sheil and I are disagreeing on this, I feel very strongly. All right, I know you do. About you both this. do. Exitus are ready. And this is this is a very good uh, inquisition. This is an over. Yeah, bring it. We're not done I'm yet. Ready. Now, yeah, now I'm fired up, man. Yeah, it's- <laughs> All right, so hey, you know, before we, we leave you, make sure you go to catholictalkshow.com. Uh, there you can subscribe to us, uh, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or CastBox, whatever service you prefer. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us. Make sure that you leave reviews. Uh, subscriptions and reviews really help us to get this show out to more people uh, like you who like to listen, who, you know, will get to hear us talk about dumb things, which is, you know, great. <laughs> it's not dumb. <laughs> we might be dumb people that talk about good things. Man. I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah, It's better. You get to hear, you can, you'll help more people listen to Father Rich be wrong on questions where he thinks he's right. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Later, guys.